Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, March 12, 2018, and today we are reading from the big book on page 36, the first full paragraph beginning, Yet He Got Drunk Again. We will study two paragraphs ending in... So I tried another. The share ID for yesterday, Sunday, March 11th, special edition, is 11,150. And for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting, East Coast time, the share ID is 11,151. Our readers today are Sheil B. on the 12 Steps, Stacy T. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Marie J., Ashley P., and Kathleen O., and our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sheil B. to read the 12 steps of OA. Sheil, press star 1 to unmute. Good morning, Kathy. This is Sheil B. I'm here, and this is Chapter 5 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, How It Works, page 59. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, we made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sheil B. And I will now ask Stacy T. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning. This is Stacy T. recovering in Cleveland. Thanks for your service, Kathy. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting and declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Stacey T. Um, How our meetings... How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. And I will be timing the shares and will let you know when three minutes are up. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 36, the first full paragraph that begins, Yet He Got Drunk Again. And I will ask Marie J. to get us started. Thanks, Kathy. Can you hear me? <clears throat> Thank you, Marie. Great, thanks. This is Marie J. recovered in Colorado. Yet he got drunk again. We asked him to tell us exactly how it happened. This is his story. I came to work on Tuesday morning. I remember I felt irritated that I had to be a salesman for a concern I once owned. I had a few words with the boss, but nothing serious. Then I decided to drive into the country and to see one of my prospects for a car. On the way, I felt hungry, so I stopped at a roadside place where they have a bar. I had no intention of drinking. I just thought I would get a sandwich. I also had the notion I might find a customer for a car at this place, which was familiar for I'd been going to it for years. I'd eaten there many times during the months I was sober. I sat down at a table and ordered a sandwich and a glass of milk. Still no thought of drinking. I ordered another sandwich and decided to have another glass of milk. Suddenly, the thought crossed my mind that if I were to put an ounce of whiskey in my milk, it couldn't hurt me on a full stomach. I ordered a whiskey and poured it into the milk. I vaguely sensed I was not being any too smart, but felt reassured that I was taking the whiskey on a full stomach. The experiment went so well that I ordered another whiskey and poured it into more milk. That didn't seem to bother me, so I tried another. And there it is. That is the mental twist. We're, we're recovered. We're operating. And, and there it goes. The mental twist just sends us back into crazy. And for me, this is how life shows up. 
it's just life creeping in in all its unfairness without asking me, without getting my permission. It's all out of my control. Life just shows up. You know, he had a few words with the boss, and it was nothing serious. But it was enough to notice it and to say something to Bill when asked. So it's, there it is, those little things that seem to mean so little, and they can come up and they grab a hold of the back of my mind and they chew on me and they nag on me, but oh, it's nothing serious. I can handle it. And for me, like this stuff has been coming up in the last two weeks, little stuff just coming up. And I've been trying to get rid of them by denying the power that they have over me, you know, telling myself they're not serious. I can handle them. And so I've gone into self-reliance and attending to these little things that keep coming up. I've taken the power back. You know, I'm operating from self-will now, and I, I get to get back into my head. I got to figure it out. I got to figure out how to solve these problems. And I lost my surrender in the process, and I didn't reach out in the process. And it never gets better with me in charge. It doesn't sort itself out through my thinking. It only gets better when I ask for help from higher power and my fellows. You know, I have to get some humility and recognize that I am not above it all to ask for help. I'm recovered, but I'm not cured. And I can't ask for help without some humility. Not shame, but humility. If I don't get that humility and ask for help, I will lose my recovery. And I think I have to keep it all together and be there for everybody else. But I still need help on this journey too. I still am a human being and I'm subject to all these human frailties and all this weakness. And that's why we have higher power. And that's why we have each other. That's why we have this meeting every day. That's why we have sponsors and outreach. We can't do this alone. You know, sometimes I'm, with, I'm, I'm God with skin on for you when you call and need help. And sometimes you're God with skin on when I need help. And I need to get my head straight on and get my head on straight and, and get out of my head and get into my heart and be able to surrender my will so that I can have freedom from the bondage of my own self. You know, I've been out of the food for a while. I've been in recovery for a while. And so I continue to admit every day that I'm powerless over the food. But the second half of that first step is where I sometimes can get myself in a real jam. You know, my life is unmanageable. And it's easy to grab my will back around my work, my kids, my life, my marriage. It's easy to think that I still have control over those things. So for today, I need to surrender today and every day, but today's all I got. I need to surrender and believe and trust that God is willing and ready and able to do a much better job running my life than I am. Thanks, I pass. Thank you, Marie J. Who would like to share on what Marie just read? This is Jen A. Jim M. Okay, I heard Jen A and Jim M. I didn't hear anybody before that. Melissa M. Melissa H. Ruth M. Okay, Melissa H. Ruth M. Katie G. from Boston. Katie G. Stephanie, what was your last initial? N. N, okay. And one other I did not get. Sherry KB? Sherry, okay. Sherry KB. Let's stop there. So I have Jen A, Jim M, Melissa H, Ruth M, Katie G, Stephanie N, and Sherry KB. Please go ahead, Jen. Good morning. This is Jen A, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic from Colorado. So excited that we're reading on Jim today. Jim has a two-fold story for me, for the newcomer and for me as a a recovered person who's gone through the steps and had the spiritual awakening. Um, As I'm reminded, you know, Jim didn't enlarge his spiritual life. And um, as we see in his story, he was all about um, himself, right? It was I, 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 I. If you're not reading all the eyes, I circled them all. And uh, first I was he got irritated, right, with, with somebody else. And he had words with his boss and um, built up uh, some of those human emotions that we hear about, right? 
And so um, when I build up human emotions and I don't deal with them, I can get pretty resentful. And that's a dangerous place for me to be. Um, you know, and, and this guy, I mean, he knew what was going on. He had been recovered. He had done, well, not recovered, but he is in recovery. He had done step one, two, and three, right? This was the beginning for him. And, um, I remember the beginning for me and, um, you know what? It's not ABC easy as one, two, three, it's got to go one through 12. And so when I stop at three, I'm in trouble, um, there's no solution in three. Um, three is just the beginning for me. And so, um, you know, he was, he was totally insane in his head and he had that mental twist and he triggered that allergy by drinking. We trigger it by eating. I know I do and, or I used to. And, um, so how do I protect myself from that? So as a newcomer, um, you know, I got to protect myself by not stopping. I got to go one, then two, then three, then four, not let up in four, not sit in it, get to five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and 12. There is no reason that I need to stop or slow down. Um, and then once I've gotten to step 12 and I've had the spiritual awakening, um, what am I, what is my requirement? What am I supposed to do? I need to turn these things over to something bigger than me. And that's my higher power. And so when I get resentful and angry, um, I need to make sure that I'm putting pen to paper and I'm doing the work and I'm working with another to figure out what is that fear? What is that fear that lies deep down inside of me and ask God to remove it and pray that he show me how um, he wants me to be. So, um, you know, that way I can um, be more emotionally sober. And that's the blessing today is that I don't have to let the uh, human emotions build up on me. I have a way to deal with it through this program and with the higher power who I call God. Thanks. And I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. Jim M., please go ahead. Hi, this is Jim M., compulsive reader, uh, Great Barrington, Massachusetts. Um, you know, I just, uh, in the reading, you know, as I reflect on it, I, you know, I've just, I've been there. Um, I've gone through my journey. I've had my slips. But as I have began to keep moving forward in my program, in my spiritual growth, it gets easier. Um, you know, the mountains become smaller. They become hills. They become speed bumps and so on. And the beauty of it is, is knowing that I'm not alone. Um, today it, I'm able to turn it over. I'm able to feel those feelings, but it is tough. It is hard because my disease is, you know, cunning, baffling, um, and makes me, you know, it speaks to me in my own voice, you know, it would make it easier if it spoke in a different voice, you know? Um, but you know, I just have to keep working on it day by day. Uh, I've only got 24 hours, and I'm and I'm grateful that I have all of you uh, to listen to, to grow from, and a program um, that just goes so powerfully with with God in my life. So um, definitely, in that reading, I you know been there and can reflect on it. I'm just grateful for today. So uh, with that, I pass. Thank you all. Thank you, Jim M. Melissa H. Please go ahead. Good morning. I'm Melissa, grateful compulsive overeater in recovery from Tennessee. When I first listened to the reading as it was read, it wasn't until I heard I've heard some of the shares that I really saw my own self will and it's been very present lately. Um and I had texted my sponsor last night because I'm in a new relationship. I've got a lot going on in my world. My parents aren't well. And um, I really have let a lot of things step in front of me. And I texted my sponsor and said, I just admitted that. And her response was, I've seen it. And here's some readings about putting your, here's a reading about putting your higher power first, which is, the solution to self-will. And I wanted to thank you all for being here because I needed this meeting tremendously this morning. And with that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Melissa H. Uh, Ruth M., please go ahead. Hello, this is Ruth M. from Boston. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am, you know, I am grateful for this meeting this morning. I I needed this meeting myself. And I just want to say that um, I am, um, I, I, I learn a lot from the other people that share and that have been through the steps and, uh, you know, and are doing this, this process. Um, I, and I, I get so much from it. I'm with, with my sponsor. I've been out of the food for, in a couple of days, it'll be um, two months, but I just have today. Um, and when I, when we read this, um, the thing that came in my sponsor and I, we have we have read this, and I'm on my fourth step, and um, I took my third step, and I'm I'm doing my my list for my fourth step, and I'm grateful for the person that said just don't stop there at the fourth step, keep going because I'm a procrastinator. The fourth step does make you not want I I don't want to do it, but I have to. And I plan on continuing to go. And the uh, the thing that I that I have learned, well, what I do is in the morning I say I say the um, first I first um, thank God for waking me up, um, my higher power, power greater than me. And then I um, say my prayers and I say the um, first three steps. Then I say the set aside prayer. Then I say the third step prayer. And all of these things is, you know, is what I need to say to my God because I need help. And when it says, um, when you, you know, and I understand that mental um, twist, when it says suddenly the thought crossed my mind that if I were to put an ounce of whiskey in my milk, it couldn't hurt me on a full stomach. Right there, the my disease starts in my mind, and I have to, um, what I feel that I um, need to do is is to, um, well, we, I, I discussed this with my sponsor, and what I thought is, I wrote down that Jim had not reached his entire psychic change. He had to, he had failed to enlarge his spiritual life. And that that goes for me too. I have to continue on this path to enlarge my spiritual life. And I'm grateful for this meeting, and I'm grateful for you all. And, um, you know, you know I'm, just, I'm just very, very grateful, and I plan on continuing with my fourth step. And with that, I, I pass. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Ruth M. Uh, Katie G, please go ahead. Hi, Kathy. May I be heard? Yes. Awesome. Katie G, recovered. Uh, compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic, and um, love hearing the share this morning. Yeah, so um, he got drunk again, and we asked him to tell us how it happened. He tells us his story. We all have a story, right? Like, I got home, and Hubs wasn't doing what I wanted, and, um, you know, there's no place in the book that it says, if you're only slightly resentful, hey, let it go. You're good to go. Like it says, when we are resentful, we need to address it. And what do we need to address? Well, God willing, when we're at the point of entire abstinence and we've taken the first three steps, we learn how to do a resentment turnaround and look at where am I selfish dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid. Like, it always comes with me. Um, And, you know, the rationalization, the justification, the defensiveness. And, you know, I hear it in myself. Like, well, you know what? Like, I I, I, I just had to go to this one place. You know, yes, my binge foods are there, but I had to go and I've been going for forever, and I'm okay, and um, and when I'm not spiritually connected to God, and I am in a place of danger, I will pick up, because 
what happens? Like I have a feeling and I, and, and it's, if it's anything other than happy, I um, am completely afraid and I'm pissy at everyone. And all of a sudden eating is a step up from how I feel about myself. And, oh, I might just start with a non, you know, a, an abstinent food, but if it's not on my food plan, it doesn't matter. Like I get into all of that diet rationalization, like, oh, well, I kind of sort of committed it. Oh, it was just a little bit over or a little bit under or blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and, and that's the, the mishigash that gets me right back into the food each and every time. So I'm just so blessed by this illustration that reminds me that I need to be spiritually fit. I need to be entirely abstinent. And I need to look at, you know, the minute I have any sort of feeling that's not even, even happiness, like it says to watch out in step 11 for excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. Why? Because I'm an emotions junkie. I want to feel good all the time and not just good. I want like lottery bliss out ecstasy. And what I'm learning as a recovered woman today, when I just have an average day, it's like, thank you, God, had an average day, nothing too dramatic, had a few resentments, turned them around and I'm back in the light of the spirit. So hold on to your seats and practice entire abstinence. Learn the work that we need to do and uh, uh, keep showing up. I know I'm going to, God willing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Stephanie N., please go ahead. Thank you. This is Stephanie N., recovered in Kansas. Um, the whiskey and the milk reminds me of why I have a food plan. Because if I start playing around with my food, trying to tweak it, then I have a lurking notion that I'm in control. I remember one time I was thinking, um, well, kind of overthinking my food, and my sponsor said, wow, those are some pretty powerful thoughts, meaning remember <laughs> you're powerless, hello, and um, you need to give it back to God. And I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't think that those thoughts were so powerful, but really I was trying to control my food again. And so I need the steps to keep me sane. Otherwise, the insane thoughts creep back in that I can control my food. And I have all of that diet mentality and all of that head knowledge. And that is where the insanity comes from for me. Um, and so I, I do. I need the steps. I need to keep the sanity through working the steps every day. And I also need to keep in contact with my sponsor on a regular basis. Um, because sometimes I don't recognize those insane thoughts and I need to be redirected. Um, and so if I have any idea that I will change my food or my food plan, I have to text or call my sponsor because I am powerless over food. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephanie. And uh, Sherry KB, please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. So grateful to be on the line. Thank you so much for your service. And everybody, welcome newcomers. Um, you know, I love the, these two paragraphs because to me, this is white knuckle insanity. This is insanity in action. This is denial. This is the mental twist. This is the mental blank spot. This is the mental twist, the mental blank spot, getting together and convincing the, the intellect that everything's going to be different this time. You know, I had no intention of, of, of eating. Um, you know, I just ordered something, and, you know, I vaguely sensed that it was uh, not being too smart. How many times have I done that to myself that, you know, there was this little second of this is not a good idea, Sherry, but my disease would win out. And this is all about the eyes and I want to go, where is God in all this? God is nowhere to be found in, in these two paragraphs at all. And um, that's what happens uh, for me if I don't include my higher power in everything that I do. Um, I will be in white-knuckle insanity if I'm not working these steps. Um, also, just the the fact that, you know, I, I ask myself, you know, what are some of your own compulsive food behaviors that you've justified? Because that's what's going on here you know, Jim justified all his behavior, 
And, you know, he woke up restless, irritable, and discontented. The first thing it says is in the in the story, I remember I felt irritated. And uh, we talk about restless, irritable, discontent, uh, fear, doubt, and insecurity. Um, you know, those are a lot of the things that go on with me. And sometimes I can wake up, like the other morning, I woke up, and I felt restless, irritable, discontent, and I had no reason why I should feel that way. I had a great day the day before. But you know what? I know what to do with that. I know to get on my knees. I know to ask my higher power for help. I know it's to get outside of myself and go be useful. I know it's about living in 10, 11, and 12. I mean, I have answers. I have a spiritual toolkit today that shows me what I can do. But, you know, the way Jim was doing it, and, and I think that we can all relate to Jim. Um, I know I'm a Jim here. Um, in a gym, <laughs> um, but it's it's amazing to me what you know what my disease will do. It will it will justify, explain, defend so many things of of my behavior, and so I I can clean it up living in these steps. I can't afford a resentment. I'm not. I don't have the luxury of uh, that other normal people have because I do have a buildup of human emotion, everyday human emotion, and if I am not doing a tenth or eleventh step. I'm going to be just like Jim, and um, I don't know about you, but at least we have, you know, we have a higher power, and we have the steps, and that's amazing, and you can do it too. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Sherry KB. Okay, we can take another lineup for sharing. Who would like to share? Gen Z. Gen Z. Chevy K. Elaine B. Chevy K. Wendy M. Can I get Rebecca T. Captain Joe P. And Paula P. Can you put Paula D at the end? Get this time. Okay, I missed a few, so let me tell you who I have, and then I'd like to pick up the others. I have Jen C. Shaddy K. I don't think I have that right. Rebecca. Chevy K. That was Chevy K. Chevy K. Okay, thank thank you. you. Rebecca. Paula B, Elaine B. Who else did I miss? Mary Ann. Kathy Jo P. Uh, Kathy Jo P. And Mary Ann, was it? Mary T. Wendy. Wendy M. Wendy M. And Mary, who was that? P. Mary T. Okay, let's stop there. We have uh, Jen C, Chevy K, Rebecca. I'm sorry I didn't get your last name, initial. Paula B, Elaine B, Kathy Joe B, Mary T, and Wendy M. I'm not sure we'll get to all, but we'll do our best. Okay, Gen Z, please go ahead. Um, thank you. This is Gen Z, a recovering compulsive overeater from Kentucky. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. I'll I'll be quick because I'd like to hear everybody um, speak. Um, I am right now where Jim was. Um, when he woke up in the morning, when he took that drive, I am right now irritable and discontented with uh, my parenting. And this all happened last night at church when a woman made a seemingly innocuous comment about how parenting needs to be black and white. And uh, when people think talk about black and white to me, it makes me very uncomfortable because, number one, it makes me feel like the decisions that I've made in the past are uh, were wrong, and it makes me reg- makes me feel regret, and uh, and, I, and I fall into that bitter remorse. Um, and number two, it makes me think that the decisions that I'm going to make in the future are going to be wrong, and then I live in fear. And so this is where I am right now. I'm I'm dealing with a comment that a mom made last night because her own issues and whatever she's going through and I'm letting it affect me now and and now I'm questioning all my parenting decisions and uh and it's making me feel very uncomfortable um the difference though between now and in the past when that would have happened is I would not have thought first of all I wouldn't even have registered that I've been feeling uncomfortable or discontented I would have just eaten right away but now I can pause and say, okay, why am I feeling this way? 
okay, I'm questioning all of my parenting skills because of somebody's comment. I can't allow somebody's comment to have that much power over me and indirectly over my children. So I need to deal with it. And that is what recovery has done for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Gen Z. Uh, Chevy K, please go ahead. Hello, this is Chevy K. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for your service. Uh, thank you for everyone on the line for your daily inspiration and encouragement. Um, so I just wanted to share um, the fact that um, cross Jim's mind to put whiskey in his milk. And this right here is the mental twist um, and the lie we tell lie being that we have the ability to limit. And within this twisted thought to put whiskey in the milk, there was this vague sense that he really was not being smart about this choice. And this vague sense that he got was higher power speaking to him. And I just wanted to share that I really relate to this inner conflict that Jim experienced the inner conflict between adding the whiskey versus this vague sense to stay away because I had it as well each time I was torn between staying away from my drug or giving into the binge. And, you know, there was always this choice. Do I bury my emotions in enormous amounts of food or do I tap into my higher power speaking to me, telling me to stay away from the food? Uh, now that I've recovered, this inner conflict has taken to a different level. So, for example, you know, I can ask myself, am I being honest about my food? Am I going to ignore my yellow light foods or pay attention to them? Another example of an inner conflict, am I going to binge on my thoughts and emotions? Or am I going to connect um, with God and take the time to pray and work on myself? Another example, am I going to find fault and blame? Or am I going to see my part? Am I going to live my day in God-reliance or self-reliance? Am I going to live in fear or am I going to work really, really hard at prayer and sensing how God would have me be with my fear? And these are just a few examples of my inner conflicts. Um, You know, and I know intellectually what the right choices are, but my biggest obstacle is that life gets in my way of thinking and, and making the right choices at times. And life gets... Life gets when life gets in the way. It, it, what I mean is more specifically, life gets in the way of my plan, my agenda, and my timetable. And in order not to give into the bad choice elements of an inner conflict, I need to keep myself in fit spiritual condition. And my de- disease has many lies. It feeds my brain, but the biggest lie it tells me um, currently is that throughout the day I'm too busy to stop and take the time to connect to God, to meditate, or whatever it takes to remind myself that I'm not in control because after all, God is running the show. And as soon as I forget that, I've taken my will back. And taking my will back for me is the danger zone. And I'm at risk for taking the wrong direction um, when these internal or external conflicts arise and getting back into the food. Um, So I just wanted to share and thank you for this opportunity. And I pass. Thank you, Chevy Kay. Uh, Rebecca T., please go ahead. Rebecca, press star one to unmute. Hi, it's Rebecca T. from um, Central California. Um, Grateful uh, in recovery today. Thank you all for your shares. when I hear whiskey in the milk, I, I read that just um, a couple of days ago. I'm on step three now. And, um, yeah, I I thought to myself, I need to, you know, tattoo that to my arm. And I need to to heed this as, as a great warning. Um, I, I read that uh, story, you know, many years ago. And I, and I, I related to it then. Um, but today in recovery, after so many times uh, relapsing, after doing exactly that uh, w- with the food, whiskey and the milk, um, I I believe I'm going to make that as my new mantra, um, just to just to be very clear to myself that that I am Him, that I 
you know, in one second from now, I can be him. And so uh, the only thing definitely that has saved me that I that I get, that I understand now, and that I hear everybody say and in recovery is, is yes, that spiritual um, recovery, that spiritual closeness with God. And um, I do not spend uh, one more day telling myself, no, I just can't do it today. I'm too busy. Um, I don't have time. Um, you know, someone else is more important than, than this, this, this uh there needs to take priority i i don't do that anymore because i remember whiskey in the milk um i so i wake up in the morning and i do my meditation and i um uh i do the guidance from uh uh one of our members um new way of life and and i hold on to that uh dearly and and it's it's helped because um you know over the weekend several things happened i um, my sister had said something, a uh, conversation, and um, I let it go in the conversation, and then I realized I was holding on to it um, after the conversation, and I was feeling angry and fear and sadness and, and all of those things and resentment. So I quickly ran to the the big book. I quickly went to pages um, to, to go through um, uh, resentment prayers and working through it, and and I did, and I, and I and I reached out and I called people, um, and it was amazing. I I didn't have to hold on to it. I and then as a result, I didn't have to eat over it. Um, and one more example was um, I was sitting down for dinner, and the whiskey and the milk came uh, for I don't know. I don't think there was any reason why I sat down and I served myself my meal, my uh, portion size. And again, I didn't measure it. Normally, I measure. This time, I'm like, no, no, no. I know how much. It's roughly a cup. I put I put uh, the protein down on my plate. I stared at it for a while, and I realized why am I second guessing myself? And I realized that was my whiskey in the milk. I said, you know what, this is way bigger than, you know, the portion size that I designated for myself. I went ahead and weighed it, and lo and behold, it was greater. So I said, there you go, Rebecca, whiskey in the milk, um, you know, and, and, I, and I thanked myself, and I thanked my higher power, and I said, thank you. I could have lied about that, and I didn't. And so for today, uh, I am not doing whiskey Time. in the milk. Thank you very much, and I'll pass. Thank you, Rebecca T. Paula D., please go ahead. Press star one, Paula. Paula, I can't hear you. Are you there? Okay, we'll go on to Elaine B., and maybe Paula will get back on the line. Please go ahead, Elaine. Thanks so much for your service, Kathy, and everybody on the line. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. And, um, you know, more about alcoholism. We're learning more about this disease. And my heart so goes out to the people who are just putting the food down and feeling their feelings. And mostly the people who who have gone through the steps, like Jim, and they all went well for a while, but different situations came up. Working for an employer that he used to, in a business he used to own, man, what kind of stuff, you know, even if you dig deep in your four step, there may be new layers to come. Um, even if you've made your amends, there still may be more work to do that has not yet been revealed. That's been my experience in program is that I found a spiritual awakening and did the work um, that was sufficient to bring about uh, recovery, yet it's a daily practice that I have to keep on doing. It's based on the maintenance of fit spiritual condition. So um, when that thought comes, hey, how about a little whiskey in my milk? hey, that little dessert that all of a sudden seems to be jumping up and down to get my attention, that won't harm me none, not if I have it with a cup of coffee. Well, you know what? My daily reprieve allows me to recoil from a hot flame. Um, it, it lets me know that there's another way. And I'll be honest with you, there are times where I sit in my discomfort 
And there are times where the waves of, of irritation are, are mild. And I really have to pause and ask myself, you know, for the right thought or action. And sometimes it is to do a, uh, a 10-step. And sometimes it's just focus on gratitude and, and the little restless irritability discontent goes away. It's not really about a resentment or a fear. Um, usually it's about selfishness if something isn't going my way. But um, so, yet yeah, there are days like Saturday where I think I did 15 10 steps. I mean, they just kept coming and coming and coming. As I grow in my relationship with my higher power, I'm able to face new things. I'm able to face greater challenges that bring up more stuff. And I'm also able to look more deeply at the next layer of the onion of those things that have uh, caused, me, caused me to have a twisted relationship with others, uh, with work, with myself, with um, with God. And so we have the opportunity to use the tools that we learn, to use the, learn the tools, but he didn't use the tool to, tools. And the biggest tool is the power greater than myself and working to build and maintain that relationship, not just one day, not just next week, but every single day for the rest of my life. And I'm so glad I have such an amazing community to journey with doing this. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine B. Um, Paula D., are you on the line? Okay, we will move on to Kathy Joe P. Thank you, Kathy. Hello, this is Kathy Joe P., a recovered compulsive overeater in Minneapolis. And first, I'm going to say my whiskey at first, you know. Um, was Doritos and Cheetos and donuts. And then eventually my whiskey was barbecue sauce, maple syrup, and stevia. And partway into this process with you on the line, I called someone one day and I said, you know, I have something that I'm upset about that I had these other three things, but you know, this one I did this and this one I did this and this one I did this. And they weren't that bad. I wasn't that bad. I wasn't that mad. I wasn't that scared. And she interrupted me and she said, you know, Kathy Joe, when you don't reach for God and bring God into this process and pick up the phone and bring a fellow into your resentment or your fear, it's not if you're going to pick up the food, it's when. And I just remember like, yeah. I was acting like I could do this again by myself. And so now today my whiskey is the resentments and the fears, the irritations. So what jumps out at me on that page is that he was kind of irritated or a little irritated or slightly irritated and he went for his drive alone with that big, fat, huge anger and poor me inside and walked into his crack house and thought that he could handle it. Scary, scary. I mean, seriously, it's like time out, fire. What are we going to do? So I'm glad and grateful and knowing that I've got you people to go to because I can't do this life by myself. I need my higher power and I need you all to help me so I don't get in deep crap because I don't know how to fight it. And like someone else said, I don't have the luxury of trying to do it on my own. And I don't have the luxury of being just a little bit mad. I literally said, I was just kind of just kinda mad. I can't be kind of mad. Because then I am a different kind of mad. And you guys know that mad and that mad can kill me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy Joe P. I'm sorry, Wendy, we're not going to have time for your share. And Mary T., uh, you have two minutes. Thank you. Hi, this is Mary T. in Vermont. Um, I don't share on the meeting very much, and uh, I relate so much with this. I'm pretty isolated where I, where I live, and I like to be isolated a lot in my disease and I relate so much with this um, 
because I'm like Jim. I want to be fine. I, I'm fine. I say a lot or I feel a lot. And the disease is so cunning. Um, I don't often realize when I'm in that situation like him, I can feel it and I can feel exactly what, what it feels like to stick around in that restaurant um, ordering another sandwich because that's what my disease does. It has me just sticking around in a situation longer not feeling what I'm feeling and not aware um, and for me, that that looks a lot like sticking around in my in-laws, kind of feeling a lot of a lot of uncomfortable feelings, and then uh, putting a condiment on my abstinent food that I work so hard to prepare and pack. Um, and uh, I love that we all refer to this as the whiskey and the milk section. So I'm just trying to connect today and make make one meeting my home meeting, um, one phone meeting my home meeting, and connect with you all and, and not be isolated and not think that I can just keep doing this on my own. And I feel irritated a lot in my life. There's a lot of things that bother me, and it's, it's really easy to just keep going about my life thinking I'm fine. And the disease is just so cunning that, um, yeah, like what the previous person said, I will pick up again. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So thank you all so much. Have a great day. Thank you, Mary. Okay. Um, It's now time to close this meeting. I want to thank everyone for being here. Uh, It was really a special meeting. Um, Thank you in particular to Sheil B, Stacy T, Marie J, Ashley P, and Kathleen O waiting in the wings to help. Thank you all for helping me moderate the meeting today. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Ashley P, would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Ashley P. Recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.